0: Every day, our world is shifting and changing. New technology, new traditions, new relationships, responsibilities, and challenges. How can you keep up? Welcome to the New Rules for Your Life and Your Business podcast, where transformation specialist Holly Rovinger and her expert guests, along with everyday people, have conversations on how to survive and thrive in this new world that's continually redefining itself. Whether you decide to listen for the motivation, the education, entertainment, engagement, or inspiration, you'll want to tune in weekly. Here, now with all the new rules for your life and your business, is your host, Holly Rovinger. Welcome
1: to New Rules for Your Life and Your Business. I'm Holly Rovinger, and I am beyond thrilled to have you here. And as you can tell from our introduction, the purpose of this podcast is to provide information to help you not only survive, but thrive in our rapidly changing world. I joke a lot that we're morphing into the Jetson era, but there are some inventions, developments, etc., that are proving this is becoming more and more of our new reality. For example, I just heard about Apple TV. Wow, you push a button and you say what kind of show you want to watch and it pops up. And how about the new GPS systems? It's simply amazing to me, and I'm sure a lot of people in my generation, how somehow this woman or man speaking to me knows where I am and gets me to where I want to be. And the newest development is these cars that actually drive for us. To me, this is incredibly amazing. How about the rapidly changing technology, especially on the Internet? We no sooner learn one skill than a new one presents itself. I never thought in my lifetime we would have phone TV where we could actually see the people we are speaking with. Mm, again, reminiscent of the Jetsons. The new technology is definitely a positive, but the flip side to this is that we have drifted and have lost a lot of the general etiquette of life. Well, I truly believe we need to get back to basics, and doing this will also help stop the overwhelm, frustration, Feelings of I can't keep up with it all that a lot of people are feeling. Part of my mission is to help you step into your best life, which means engaging and being present, whether it be in your personal or professional life or both, depending on your situation. Only then do you become empowered and can elevate the way you are living. With that in mind, I choose my guest to interview that will give you tips, tricks, strategies, advice, etc., to help you. They are gracious enough to share their stories, so you can not only learn from them, but become inspired and motivated to be and do your best. The topic for today's podcast is getting your life off autopilot. My special guest today is Becky McCrary. Becky, I just love your bio. First, I want to say hello. I want to tell everybody first how we met, and then I will talk about and read through your uh, bio. But one of the things I do teach and empower people with is networking. And also, Becky does that a lot with um, her speaking and engagements as well. And I think the the way her and I met is actually a perfect example of networking and positive action. I had... Met a woman in Greenville when I lived there for four months uh, last year in 2012. And a lot of you that know my story will um, be be able to recognize this time period in my life. But I was supposed to be a part of a mastermind in Greenville, and I never got to because, as many of you know, I had to leave Greenville and move up to New Jersey. But I kept in touch with their emails. And Becky, what's the name of the woman that sends it out? Um,
2: Sharon Day. Uh,
1: okay, Sharon Day, yeah. She, it was great because she kept sending out the emails. And I just kept keying in and noticing things that Becky had been writing. She was very helpful. Um, loved the things she was, you know, writing and sharing in her emails. So I contacted uh, Becky through Facebook. We started chatting through Facebook. We took it offline, hint, 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 and we got on the phone together. And we we kind of support each other in our posts, you know. Becky, we you know, you read mine, I read yours. We we kind of you know put in our two cents where we can help everybody. Yes. So we actually met. Really, Internet, we haven't met face-to-face yet, although I I told Becky recently I'd love to meet her face-to-face because we share so many uh, values and and things we want to share with the world in common, but um, let me just read to you Becky's bio because it is so fabulous and the things she's managed to accomplish in her life. I'm truly, you know, honored uh, to have you here, Becky. So Becky is called the Carol Burnett of Conventions the energizer bunny in high-heeled shoes, a red-headed Amy Polar southern sass. She is a highly sought-after keynote speaker, trainer, and facilitator who energizes and inspires association and corporate audiences. Using personal experiences, hold-your-face humor, and unimaginable insight, she guides audiences to a profound belief in their own purpose, passion, and power. Participants consistently rave that her riveting stories are an inspiration to them, and I'm hoping you share some with us today. Um, Becky also has earned the prestigious certified speaking professional credential. This is just so powerful; she's one of only two hundred and thirty two women in the world to hold this designation, and i just I honor you for doing that and Becky has taken her wit and wisdom to corporations and associations in 40 states, the Caribbean, and the Gulf of Mexico. She's fun, relevant, insightful, and risk-free, and I know you all are just going to love her. So welcome, 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 Becky. I'm so, so excited to have you here. So why don't we just jump in and you talk about this new rule, which you want to share with everybody today to help them survive and thrive in our new economy.
2: Well, Holly, you and I were talking uh, earlier about time to get off of autopilot, and to me, that is my number one rule. There are so many times that we just go, we we're we just we're just coasting. We're on autopilot. We're maybe getting things done, maybe not. You know, there's a difference between being busy and being productive.
1: Love it, love it.
2: And many times when we're on autopilot, we're busy. You know, the piles are still going up on our desk, or maybe they're going down. Maybe we're doing a little bit of filing. but um, Or we're spending, you know, 30 minutes on LinkedIn just reading everybody's post, but, but we don't want to actually engage with them. So we're reading, but we're not commenting, we're not liking, we're not sharing. So we, we can be busy, but we're not being productive. It's the same thing with um, networking. You know, we can be friendly without building relationships. When we're on autopilot, you know, you just smile because that's what you were taught to do as a child. You say please and thank you because, again, that's what you were taught to do as a child. You nod appropriately when others are speaking, but you're not really tuned into them. You're not building relationships. And, you know, when when you turn off that autopilot button, there is a moment of jerk. It, it, you've probably noticed that when you're driving. When you turn off the cruise, then all of a sudden the the car changes. I imagine that that's what an airline pilot feels like when he turns off the, the autopilot and has to take control of that mammoth machine again. Well, you know, I think we need to take control of our businesses we need to take control of our relationships we need to take control of our lives and coming off autopilot at that moment can seem scary can can seem out out of our reach out of control but getting putting both hands on the wheel of your life you can get control of it again and once you have control then you're going to be more productive. Then you're going to build those relationships. Then you're you're going to begin to have an influence on others. And I do believe that there is more to this life than just getting from point A to point B. We should be learning from each other, but we should also be influencing each other. And And we see a lot of really bad examples of that online, on the television, whether it's the newscast or it's the VMA awards. You know, we we see opportunities for people to influence in a negative way.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, too, that you say that because I was just reading a book about um it's again it's in women and how women, you know, the Western woman will save the world. You know, that was a quote by Dalai Lama. And it did talk about how the masculine influences in our society have really perpetuated everything you're talking about. You know, the whole autopilot thing, and it's all about me, it's not about you, where the new feminine influence is, you know, more than nurturing, caring, let's help each other, let's hold hands, let's share, we can do this together. And that's what's going to change this whole world and bring us back to a better place. And it's exactly what you're saying. You know what? Let's, let's focus. Let's help each other. You know, it, it's not just about, about one or the other. So, you know, and I love what you said about the, you know, stopping being on autopilot. And, you know, you and I were just talking about how sometimes, you know, we do it. We just are working or talking to somebody and just kind of going, going, going. Not realizing that we've wasted half our day, whether we're lost in the whole I call it a suction funnel on the Facebook and on the internet. You just it's it's fun, let's be honest. You know, if you do Pinterest, it's a lot of fun. You can spend a whole day getting, you know, sucked into that machine. But you you need to kind of see what I call a flashing red light or a stop sign and say, Hey, what am I doing here? you know, like you said, am I busy or am I being productive? So, you know...
2: The teenage boys, oh my gosh. <laughs> my daughter who's driving with the radio on while the kids are in the back seat with their games on looks at me at the corner of her eye like, how do you get them to talk? Well, I'm not listening to the radio. I'm not giving them a chance even to play their games because my time as a grandmother is so precious to have time with my grandchildren that I want to know what's going on. Another thing that I do that that my daughter has begun to pick up on (laughs) is I don't lump those boys together. If, If one does it, the other one has to do it. If you're doing something with one, then the other one has to be there. No, they don't. I think it's important to have time with each of them, just like I have time with my daughter without her boys. Because, see, when she's with me, while she is a grown woman i'm still her mama and she knows that's a relationship that's different than what she has with her girlfriends and and while while my grandchildren have a mother well i'm a Grammy, and i've got a different relationship with them but it's it's necessary to turn off that autopilot to be engaged One of the things that I tell people, whether it's personal or professional, is you need to be physically, emotionally, and mentally present in the moment. Because, you know, there are times that people will not tell you everything they think. I, I know you're surprised, especially if you've ever, you know, been on a Facebook page where people are ranting and raving. Um, <laughs> you know, there there are times you don't want to know everything that they think. But when you're physically, emotionally, and mentally present, you, then you're better able to pick up on those pauses, on those those glances on that body language that can help you ask another question to get more information.
1: Oh, right. It's the art of asking the right questions, and you're great at doing that. You're engaging them. You know, you have, you know, mastered, okay, you're off autopilot, you're present, you're listening, and I think that's a skill that people have uh, lost big time. You know, they hear, but they're really not engaged in listening, and you're listening, and you're letting your your grandchildren and your daughter you know, and I'm sure other members of your family and friends know. You're there, you're listening, you wanna know. And that's that's really where this whole society I feel has just spiraled downward and, and really fallen flat on its face. We we don't really listen. Everybody's so busy rolling in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? Like yes. picture a hill and we're all just kind of snowballing downwards. But, yeah, we have to engage with each other and we have to pay attention and listen. And what you also are doing is you're making each person feel important, you know, by spending the time with them. I love that. You know, that Absolutely. you've got to pat yourself on the back. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of...
2: No, this, this isn't, you know, that isn't for praise for me. My life is enriched by the people in it. And so in order for me to get that I need to be present. One of my banking clients called me one day and he said, "Becky, do you do anything on listening?" And I said, "Well, what, you know, what are you looking for?" And he said oh, about 90 minutes. And you know, I've never spoken on listening and I thought and I said, "Sure, I can do that because I do speak a lot on communication skills. Word choice, tone of voice, body language, you know, all all of that. So listening seemed like it would be a good fit to what I was already doing. I did some research. I spent some time alone. You know, that's important, too, to to feed your own self, and came up with some stories of – times when people listened really well and times when I didn't. <laughs> and and there there's just there's so many reasons. I've got a top ten worst listening habits that I use. And people are on their feet, they're laughing, they're engaged, and they're going, oh, my gosh, and slapping themselves in the forehead like, oh, I do that. <laughs> Can you
1: share one or two of them with us?
2: Oh yes, one of them is criticizing the speaker or the delivery. If you've ever asked somebody a question and as they were speaking, you thought, "Well, that's incorrect grammar," or "I don't, I don't like how they're standing when they talk to me," or "I don't like their tone of voice," and so you're you're not listening to the content; you're you're listening to the delivery. One one of the examples that I give is that um, I. I spent 20 years in banking and worked for this one particular CEO whom every time he stood up to address the, the staff, he put his hands in his pockets. And, and you know, when men put their hands in their pockets, they find keys and they find coins and things that make noise. <laughs> <laughs> so he would stand there with his hands in his pockets jiggling his keys And I couldn't hear what he was saying because I was so critical of his performance or what he was doing. Um, The very first time that I ever saw a professional facilitator, the the company had taken us um, all of the... Supervisors, managers, vice presidents—we were all off-site, and they put us in this room, you know, at the technical college, and and uh, they put us in this great big U shape, and she was standing in the middle of the U, and and we were there for team building. And Holly, I don't like team building. I'm I'm hardly a team player, you know. Um, I I just. I didn't want to be there. I had other things to do, and this woman starts talking and for the first 5 minutes I didn't hear a word she said. All I could think of was that her pantyhose were the wrong shade for those shoes and that
1: skirt. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we all do that. We, we all do all that. Do that. We all do that.
2: And you know, people will start talking because they've been thinking about this. And then they're catching you off guard because this is the first you've heard about it. Those initial comments can be crucial to your making a great decision based on this information. And you miss that because you're criticizing the speaker or the delivery. Yeah. Another one, another one of, I mean, they're all my favorites, but another one that is really an aha moment for a lot of people is critici- is um, wasting the time difference between speed of speech and speed of thought. Speed of speech and speed of thought.
1: When you now, th- of course- yeah, I want to hear what you because th- I just had a thought, what I think you mean, but tell me what you mean.
2: Okay. According to the International Listening Association, now who knew there was an International Listening Association? <laughs> but according to the International Listening Association, On average, we speak between 125 and 250 words per minute with gusts up to 400. Oh, my God. Oh, because, yeah, we get real excited, and then all of a sudden we're talking a lot faster than we normally would. But how fast can we listen? We can process between 1,000 and 3,000 words a minute. But somebody else is only speaking between 125 and 250 words a minute. So what happens to that difference? What happens is you're sitting there, you're nodding, you're making eye contact, maybe even you're taking notes. And all of a sudden you think, oh, I need to pick up milk.
1: Right, other thoughts come in because your brain is going so fast you can't help it. Exactly.
2: Exactly.
1: You know, it's funny, I never heard it like that, but you know, we all do that. I do that because I've always got... Ten million things on my plate, you know it 's like mm-hmm. overflowing that yeah you 're right, you do, you just start thinking about other things, and then before you know it, you 've missed part of the conversation, yes, so again, and goes exactly. back to what you said, get off autopilot, focus, get engaged and and you know be present
2: be present,
1: yes. you know i um I want to share um what you also wrote with me because you've just accomplished so much, and I want people to know. You know, Becky's an amazing woman. She's, like I said, she has that certified speaking professional credential, which, um, someday I think I'd like to, like to try to get. But she shared with me, and I hope it's okay I share with, um, the audience, Becky, that she stuttered until she was 31. And Becky overcame that. She overcame it and became a public speaker. So she can do that by by you you my listeners here by you making goals and engaging and getting your life off autopilot and deciding what you want to do you can accomplish that i mean becky you went through a lot
2: oh my gosh you know when when you live in a small town or out in the country of a small town um, basically the people you interact with are family and it wasn't until i went to school that, that I met strangers, that I realized that there were times that I, I didn't have a fluency disorder that was the repeat, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Mine was I would open my mouth and, and be trying to push a word out and nothing would come. Nothing would come. And it wasn't until I was 31 when my son began to stutter. And when he began to stutter, you know, that, that was a life I had lived that I absolutely accepted that that was just, you know, where I was. But it wasn't a life I wanted for him. And I found a speech therapist in Sumter, South Carolina who knew who worked with him and then gave me homework to do with him every week. And those homework assignments, as, as I worked with Troy, I noticed that he was gaining fluency. But I noticed I was gaining fluency. And, and once I realized that this, this, this physical, emotional uh, experience that I had of trying to push a, a, a word out wasn't something I had to live with, then I embraced those exercises and said, if this will make me fluent, if this will help me get fluent, I've just got so much that's been running around in my mind that I want to get out. I, I spent 20 years in banking, had never given a speech in my life when I quit my job to be a professional speaker. I didn't have a topic, I didn't have a client, I didn't have a contract what I had was a mortgage payment and rent because we had moved from Sumter to Greenville and our house had not sold. What I had was a freshman in college and a junior in high school. And what I had was a brand-new car payment. So while my husband loves me dearly and would give me the moon if he could, I we were a two-income family, and I had to produce. So my job was to develop a topic, telephone etiquette. Can you imagine?
1: I love it. <laughs> it.
2: It goes. It went back to my years managing a call center for a financial institution. And, and um, so I got that one topic. I went to the Yellow Pages. And even today, I would go to the Yellow Pages before I went to the Internet for what I needed. I needed people who knew people in call centers. And to me, That was the interconnect companies. I called three interconnect companies and said, I know that you don't have a lot of um, money for training for your technicians. They said, that's right. I said, and I know what money you do have is is usually for technical training on new products. They said, that's right. I said, and I know that nobody ever calls you to say the phone's working great. Just wanted you to know. Thanks. (laughs) They said, that's right. I said, so here's what I'll do. I will do a 45-minute presentation for your technicians on dealing with difficult people in their face. Now, keep in mind, Holly, I didn't have a 45-minute presentation on dealing with difficult people in your face. But what I had was telephone etiquette, but I knew that wasn't going to get me what you know into this group. I will do this 45-minute presentation for your technicians in exchange for $200 and 20 referrals. Seventeen years ago, I called three interconnects, and three people said yes.
1: Love it. See, that's great. And and you know what, Becky? What you did was you had a very strong why. You had your motivation. Yeah. And this is the key, everybody. If your why is strong enough and failure is not an option, mm-hmm. Becky built the plane as she was flying it. That's what you did. You built the plane as you were flying it. You found a need. You had had a need to do it. You found a need. You filled it. And you did it very, very smartly, very intelligently.
2: And I had to do it quickly. I had to do it quickly. I didn't have time to coast. I didn't have time to say, oh, this is my new reality. I'm just going to read everything I can find on this subject. And one day I'm going to be a speaker. I quit my job saying I am a speaker. I'd never given a speech. I'd never been paid to give a speech. But I got paid for my very first speech because I was already positioning myself as a winner. And I think many times we can sell ourselves short when when change happens in our world, whether it's a, a job that ends, a career that ends, whether it's a move that has to happen, whether it's kids leaving home. Whether it's kids coming back, whether it's kids <laughs> leaving home oh, again and, you know we we have to we have to be ready for that change and several years ago a a women's group, a chamber of commerce, called and said um becky will will you speak on um you know speak to our annual meeting? Oh, I would love to it's going to be about four hundred and fifty women. Oh, I love that. We want you to talk about change." Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay. Holly, I'd never spoken about change before in my life. You see, I developed those first two topics that telephone etiquette and dealing with difficult people in your face. And then after that, everything else has been because somebody said, We want you to speak about change. Do you do anything on listening? Becky, can you do something for us on business development? You know, it's that people would hear me and love me and say, What else you got? And my response was, What else do you want?
1: Well, I think what you did was exactly what you you wrote for me on um this how do you accomplish getting off autopilot and becoming the best you can be. You wrote demonstrate initiative, stay up, stay on top of things, ask why, ask can I help, look for opportunities, be open to change. <laughs> you wrote all that. So, <laughs> you're a perfect example of really, you know, what we're sharing with the audience is this is what you have to do. And if you have to build the plane while you're flying it, that's okay. And, you Absolutely. know, you're a perfect example of that, and, and I appreciate your sharing that. Well, let me just read your – let's do the second quote. I like that. People are going to talk about you. The good news is you get to write the script – What do you want them to say? How did you come up with that? I just love that.
2: You know, uh, early on in my speaking, people would write on their evaluations things that spoke to them. And um, and, and this thing about a script was something that I was talking about. Not that we are scripted in our interactions or our communication, but that that people are going to talk about you. What do you want them to say? And then the script came into it. And it's like, oh, my gosh, if people are going to talk about you, how cool is it that you get to write the script? And, and it really just came from being in the moment. And it came from realizing that what I do today has an impact on my tomorrow. And and it came from, as you were talking about networking, you know, it's important that people talk about you because you can't possibly meet everybody that needs to know you by yourself. You need your ambassadors, your advocates out there talking about you. So if people are going to talk about you, what do you want them to say? I, I never, I, I had a, a networking acquaintance ask me one time what my fee was, my speaking fee. And I was kind of taken aback, you know, because I knew she wasn't looking to hire me. And she said, well, how can I talk about you if I don't know what you charge? I said, oh, well, let me give you some talking points. And I realized I was writing the script. When you talk about Becky to others, this is what I want you to say. She is fun. She is funny. She is relevant. She is full of stories. She's going to make you be physically, emotionally, and mentally present. Like and it that. didn't matter that she didn't know my fee because you know in sales one of the first things you learn is you never quote fee to an unsold buyer. You know when you go up and look at a car, you don't say what what's the price of this, and they just tell you.
1: No, they say <laughs> well, what the are you benefit. looking for? Right, and, right, exactly.
2: You know it depends, kind of thing. And that doesn't mean that I have a different fee for everything that I do. I've I've got a couple, you know, that that show up all the time, whether it's um, you know a, a Two hour program or an all day program kind of thing. But, um, you know, I, I don't want people talking about how much I charge because then that puts me in a different category. People get the price so that they can disqualify you, not so that they can qualify you. So I want them first to feel like, oh, my gosh, she's going to get our people on their feet. She's going to make them laugh. She's going to tell them stories that they will remember for decades. She is going to to give them insight, techniques, tips that are going to make a difference in our business on Monday. And once they've got all of that, then what my fee is doesn't matter because they've got to have me.
1: Right, because what's in it for them? And that's that's the, right. You know, one of the bases of yeah, you know, selling good good technique. So that's absolutely right. The way you're handling that, you know, they're buying you. Forget about it. You're worth every penny. <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> you it's, are going to be so surprised at how how much you're going to get for what you pay.
1: Yes, exactly. And then they're going to think it's a bargain. Oh my God, we even got more, you know more than we bargained for. That's right.
2: But you know, Holly, I do the same things with my grandchildren. One of their favorite games is tell me about the day I was born. They want to know what the weather was like. They wanted to know, you know, what their mama was wearing when she went to the hospital. They want to know, you know, ab- about their birth and about afterwards and who got to hold them first and what they looked like when they were born and, and 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 they just they just want to talk about all of this. And one of them, the the younger one, Evan made the comment to me one time. He said, I'm never going to forget this, Grammy, because you've told me over and over and over again. And, you know, after a while, if I leave out a part, they say, no, no, no. Didn't, didn't this happen first? You know, because they're they're getting it. I I want them to grow up knowing that Grammy is there, she's always been there, and that she has loved them since before they were born. That's, that's, what, that's the script that I'm writing for them to know about me.
1: Oh, that's fabulous. That is fabulous. So for for the people listening, you know, getting your life off autopilot, give them just some tips and or steps on how can they stay motivated to keeping on that, you know, focused track on getting off autopilot with their lives and their business.
2: You know, one of the first things I believe, Holly, is to stop – the negative talk all of the i can't do that i've never done that i won't be any good at that all of the times that 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 you let those thoughts creep into your mind that can slow you down or stop you into your tracks stop the negative talk um my one of the things that i have told my kids since they were little little and you understand they are well into their 30s now so they are they are grown <laughs> men a grown man and a grown woman but but when they call or when they send me a text message or, or you know, I, I get a quick email from them, and it's something that they're worried about or something that, that they're angry about, you know, how someone else has impacted their life. I, I am a Christian, and, and I understand that, that some people are spiritual and, and some people are religious, and, and I, I am a Christian, and I make no apologies for that. So one of the things that I have always taught my children is to quote Scripture. You know, when, when you're upset and you're worried about something that might be happening, you know, once you've prayed about it and given it to God, then then my thing is whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are just, think on these things. So I think that positive attitude, eliminating that negative self-talk, is the number one step In in getting off autopilot, taking control, I think that you need to be enthusiastic about about the plan. You know, have a plan and work the plan, but don't just say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe next I have to write a business plan," or "Oh my gosh, I can't believe next I have to go talk to my neighbor." Oh gosh, you know, it's be enthusiastic about it. Be be excited about it. Not knowing what's around the next corner can scare you to death or it can get you so excited you can barely breathe because there's you know you're just you're just so excited and enthusiastic about the next step. And and I think that that's absolutely critical.
1: Well, right, it's how you look at anything. You know what you can you look at the glass half full and or half empty and that's exactly what you're saying. You know, yes, you have to go talk to your neighbor or you have to write something. Well, you can make it fun and a game or you can make it a drudgery and Every day you wake up, get rid of that negative, like you said, and mm-hmm. make it positive. Again, look at your life as that glass being half I like to say it's three quarters full. So <laughs> uh, you know uh,
2: well, you I, know you know what they say, the, the pessimist said that the glass is half empty and the optimist said that the glass is half full and the opportunist said while you were arguing I drank your water. <laughs>
1: I love that. I never heard that part. I do like that. Thank you. That is great.
2: Well, So you. you can argue about what you've got to work with, or you can just get out there and do it.
1: Just Right. Do it. Like Nike yeah. says, just do it. And I like to say, take action, take imperfect action. Just do it. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: We're going to make mistakes. That does not have to be what defines us. It isn't a matter of how many times you fail. It's about how many times you try. Right, And you just have to try one more time than you fail. Just one more time makes it a success.
1: And keep going until you reach it. Like, again, failure can't be an option. You've just got to keep going, and it will happen. So, um, yeah, everything you've said, I, I really, really appreciate it. It has been such a delight speaking with you. Can you share with our listeners where can people connect with you, the best place?
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, there's a couple places. My favorite is LinkedIn. So that would be LinkedIn, www.linkedin forward slash in forward slash Becky McCrary.
1: And I'll spell out your name on my site so they'll be Thank able to see you. it.
2: Thank you. And then the other thing is at facebook.com forward slash Becky McCrary Speaks.
1: Okay, yeah, and I I would encourage everybody to, I'll list the the sites that Becky just told you about, Uh, check it out. Also, um, if you are business listening, uh, check out Becky McCrary. It's .com, right, Beck? Correct and um, look at the different faces. I just love your website. it just it makes me laugh, which I guess that was your intention it was It just makes me smile and, and it feel good. so I would um, definitely encourage everybody that 's listening to go check check out beggy 's website as well thanks yeah don 't
2: just go look at it. leave me a message. Interact.
1: You know, me, engage.
2: Exactly. <laughs> let me know you were there. Otherwise, I'm going to have to wait till I get my reports, and then they're going to say somebody in Virginia looks, and it's like, who do I know in Virginia? I've never been there before. <laughs> but I'm going because the Virginia Bankers Association just booked me to keynote their conference.
1: Oh, May. awesome. Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Celebrate. you got to celebrate everything. <laughs> That's
2: exactly right. Exactly right. But holler at me. You know, holler if you need me, because you know I'm here for you.
1: Thanks, Becky. Appreciate that. So, thank you all so much for joining us today on New Rules for Your Life and Your Business. If you enjoyed today's show, please hop on over to HollyRovinger.com and subscribe so I can keep you updated with our new podcasts as they come out. And for those listening on iTunes, I would also appreciate your liking the podcast, subscribing to it, and writing a review or testimonial if you are so inclined. If you have any questions or there is a new rule you would like to discuss, please contact me through my website. I absolutely love hearing from my listeners. Love, love, love engaging with you. So always have a great week and remember, always have a positive mindset so you can live healthier and wealthier and happier with passion.
0: Thanks for listening to the New Rules for Your Life and Your Business podcast. If you're listening and you want to grab contact details for today's guest, information on resources mentioned, or any other show notes, head over to hollyrovinger.com for complete details. That's www.hollyrovinger.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So leave us a comment on the website or an honest review on iTunes. And to get regular tips to help you in today's rapidly changing world, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the new rules for your life and your business.